The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. And of course, that's time. That means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White, at RW3 on Twitter. You can find him at Tom Ryle, BTB Ryle with a Y on the social media sphere. And of course, you can follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com. Hit them up on Twitter, follow them, follow all the Instagram pages. And then, of course, subscribe to that YouTube page. You'll get instant breaking reaction to the Cowboys and all the free agency news that's going down because Tom, the league year officially began yesterday at 3 PM. And as we know this week, really free agency begins on Monday when the tampering period starts and the Cowboys, of course, heavily involved from a newsworthy standpoint in free agency. (laughs) And I say that very distinctly because as we know, For those that have followed this team for many years, they are not planning on being involved in the first couple of days of free agency. So predictably, Cowboys fans are ready to burn down the castle after the first week of non-signings by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it has become tradition. They sit out the first wave, pretty much the second wave. And then Stephen Jones takes his precious cap dollars and starts shopping in the bargain bins to stretch it as far as he can. It's just, that's just the way it's been done. It's the way it's going to be done. We get our hopes up, you know, we start talking about Bobby Wagner, Von Miller and all that. And we just see nothing happen. You know, Von Miller went, um, and this year they, they screwed up one of their own, uh, that's just the only way to put it with the whole Randy Gregory fiasco. And he's now gone off to the Denver Broncos. And I think, I think everyone believed he was a target. I think he was a target for the team. And, you know, uh, the earlier podcasts have gone over this so much. It's been written about, but that it just was abysmally handled, um, with with Stephen Jones and as you mentioned, he didn't even deal with the negotiations. He just said, hey, "Talk to my 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 cat my my contract guy." And they did the negotiation. Then apparently, when it came right down to the signing, it just blew up. So 
Yeah. To paint the picture, as we've all kind of found out over the last couple of days, as, as reports have come out about who said what, obviously Cowboys brass, they're trying to put their spin out there. And they're making it very clear that despite the fact that Randy Gregory declined their contract, that was essentially the same as the Broncos offer, but with the caveat that there was language involved in the contract that basically stated Randy would not receive or might not receive some of his guaranteed money. It might be voided if he were fined in the NFL. Now it's standard language, according to former NFL agent, Joel Corey, it's standard language around the league to have in the contract that if you are suspended, that has the potential to void guaranteed money. However, as we found out from the Cowboys beat reporters, it apparently is also standard language for the Cowboys in every contract except for Dak Prescott's to include this part about how you may lose money if you are fined by the NFL. Now, yeah. I had some people fighting with me on Twitter. Well, the Cowboys effectively offered the same deal, so it's really it's really Randy's problem. They said they were willing to massage the language. Why did he still decide to go to Denver? And I'm thinking, according to the reports, Stephen Jones was not involved in this negotiation. He passed this conversation to Randy Gregory's agent off to their capologist inside the building. And his name was quoted in an article. I don't even remember it because I've never heard his name. But, and I've been covering the Cowboys for 15 years now, never heard this guy's name. I think his first name is Alex. And I mean no disrespect to Alex, but what I mean is if you are the VP of the team, you are the cap guy, and I'm talking to you, Stephen Jones, and you are not having the conversation with the agent, well, then how is he to understand when he hears from the quote-unquote cap guy that this language is involved in the contract? And when he asks the cap guy about this language, and he says, as reported in the story, he responded by saying, this is the standard language that Stephen requested be included here. That conversation took place at 11 p.m. at night. How does anybody yeah. expect Randy Gregory as a free agent to make a life-altering decision based on you you saying that you're not going to invoke a contract that you've, for some reason, included in the contract. I wouldn't yeah, take but, the word for that, and I don't blame Randy Gregory for not taking it either. Yeah, just because, yeah, we've never done it before doesn't mean it can't happen. And I really would not be surprised to see this start coming up if they do you know, go out and need to sign somebody in free agency. You're in a league that, that as I mentioned uh, on Twitter, they, they hand out fines like the crews throwing beads off of folks at Mardi Gras. They're just going everywhere. And that's all you need. You know, okay, you get fined for uh, an excessive celebration or, or silly taunting penalty or just one of the many bad calls we see. And all of a sudden, the team can wipe out that guaranteed money. And no, I don't trust them to, to not do that, especially given their weird obsession with having to protect those precious cap space dollars. When you just saw a team like the, uh, the New Orleans Saints, I think it was something on the order of $90 million in cap space they freed up without parting ways with a single player this, this offseason. Um, 
we're stuck in a cycle. This this is something we've gone through repeatedly over recent years. Um, you know, you, you've got a great bit of research about how the Cowboys have just not spent any money. Uh, and the people they spent money on have not worked out. And it's, it's just, it's sad. And yet we also have the fact that last year they hit some gold, you know, digging in a pile of rocks um, because they, they had J Ron curse and Malik hooker who has been resigned, which may be the biggest so far move of free agency. They also brought Jeremy Sprinkle back to have some depth at tight end. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, DeMonte KZ did pretty well. And so, and you had Terrell Basham and, and I think, uh, you know, uh, Brent Urban would have been on the list if he had. I mean, lots of contributors yeah. on the free agent front from the Dallas Cowboys so much so that, I mean, kind of midway and, and at the latter part of the season, we were really praising this front office for the work front office for the work that they did. But ultimately, it it's concerning now looking at that in hindsight, because it's that success that gives the Cowboys front office the false bravado that they now feel that they are going to be successful doing it the way that they've always done it. And yeah, that's, you know, that's exactly on the the contract thing. Like the next free agent that signs with Dallas, we are going to see the language in that contract. This story Mm -hmm. became so magnetized around the league and the specifics of it, the specific language became so prominent that I'm really interested if the next free agent signing the Cowboys do, if that language is or is not included, will they stick yeah. to their guns and still continue to have language that no one else in the league is including, or will they get rid of it? And either way they go, they're kind of going to look like idiots. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a no win situation for them. And uh, yeah. And that, that false bravado was what I was driving towards as well, because it just is reinforcing in their minds that they know what they're doing. You know, and, and nobody else seems to think that. And it's not just us fans. Brian Broadus uh, said on Twitter that he heard from other GMs that the front office in Dallas does not know what they're doing. Um, that they're, they're just making silly mistakes. It's just, it's just hard to fathom. And, Yet we get trapped in the cycle, uh, as I mentioned, that the people that have to figure out how to fix this are the problem that need to be fixed. And that just usually <laughs> never works out. Uh, 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 You've got a broken I did, calculator trying to solve your math problem. Yeah. And one thing that happened, it happened apparently with the uh, DeMarcus Lawrence contract and it was how they got as close as they did with Gregory was that Jerry Jones got involved in it and started, you know, massaging things and getting it and getting something worked out. Something he's kind of backed off of. And I never thought I'd say this, but I Oh my God, don't say it. Cause I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, maybe he needs to get a little more involved. <laughs> no, he's been. don't say it, Tom. Come on. Well, dude. somebody, 
somebody's got to balance Stephen <laughs> Jones and his piling, you know, cap space in the cap space bin so he can dive into it like Scrooge McDuck and swim oh around God. in it because that seems to be what he's doing. I mean, Jerry Jones still knows how to get people work together, and he may need to use a lot of that just to try to smooth over some of the rough things that have developed with the coaching staff and with the players, because the players are seeing this. They are probably becoming a little wary of the ownership and what happens. And I think this is going to kind of reverberate for a while and in doing their own deals. So, you know, this, this is something, and I think, Oddly enough, I think Jerry Jones might be able to help with that. What he really needs to do is tell Stephen, wow, I really think you've, you know, you really worked hard in all this, but uh, you need to come up here to the uh, figurehead suite with me and uh, let's actually hire someone to do that part of the GM job and let him and Will McClay run things from here on out. Okay. Don't think it's ever going to happen. But that's what needs to happen. I mean, I think nobody would be upset if the Cowboys put in a real GM or somehow made Will McClay the real GM and gave him someone to handle that side of the business because I don't want him to take his focus off of scouting at all. He's, <laughs> he's done very well with that. But, you know, it's just we're just we're kind of stuck. As I said, it's just an endless loop now that goes year after year. And... Well, I so can't now, believe what you just said, though. You took us, I mean, we have come full circle to where to a place where we are now asking Jerry Jones, please be more involved. Why did you why did you step away? We thought it couldn't be worse until we it got found worse. Stephen in charge <laughs> yeah. of the cap. Or nothing else, just just follow Stephen around all day long and slap him upside the head when he starts to do something stupid. You know? Well, and, and maybe Stephen's getting a little bit of a bad rap and, you know, to kind of put a bow on the, the Gregory conversation, because again, a lot of podcasts before us have touched on this. And of course we recommend listening to all those great ones here on the blog and the boys podcast network. But I did, you know, want to look at kind of what independents are saying about the deal that the Denver Broncos gave to Randy Gregory and over the cap who kind of tracks contracts and they actually do grades for the contracts based on kind of what they believe the deal really is. Of course, we all know if you've been following the NFL long enough. There's a lot of funny money in these deals, a lot of voidable years, a lot of money that the players will never see. For example, Von yeah. Miller signed a six year, $120 million deal in all likelihood that man is, only going to see $51, $51 million, not $51, but $51 million of that deal because that's what will make him the first three years. And after that, he can basically be let go for nothing. You can almost, yeah, almost expect it. Yeah, almost all three-year contracts are really two-year deals with the team having an out. And that's just, you know, you can just figure the last year or two of any contract is probably never going to happen, which is why guaranteed money is the really important figure. So correct. What and is, so what, when it comes to Gregory five years, mm -hmm. $70 million, but the kicker 28 million in guarantees. So this is what over the cap wrote about the Denver Broncos and their deal for Randy Gregory. And then I'll ask you before I give you their official grade a to F 
is their grading system, of course. Here's what they wrote. This contract is the cause of such debate because of a void provision that Dallas wanted to include, leading to the Broncos signing Gregory instead, funny enough. Looking at the structure of the contract, I doubt that that would have really need uh, have really played a role regardless. Broncos are certainly taking a chance on Gregory at this price. He's an incredibly talented player, but there will always be concerns. As long as there is no trouble, then the Broncos should be excited by this deal. He should be able to give them two years that are at or above the salary level that he is receiving. Overall structure is very basic. The first two years, straight $14 million and $16 million cap hits. That's effectively all of his guaranteed money. If he slips up, they'll be able to walk away next year relatively unscathed. If he doesn't, they have flexibility to restructure the deal for cap purposes and possibly keep him on even longer. Given his age, the length doesn't matter, as those back-end seasons may just be dummy years that wind up as pay-cut seasons. That's what they had to wrote about, write about it. First, your, your thoughts and reactions to that, what they wrote. Well, yeah, that sounds like a, how the team gets someone that may have a little risk factor, although I really don't think he's as much of a risk as they make out. The, the, if there is any risk, it's whether he is really what we kind of thought ourselves thought, thought he was ourselves. Uh, you know, he might just not live up to those expectations. But overall, I'd have to say that's a pretty good contract for the team. So are you going to force me to guess on their grade? <laughs> I agree. Not. I mean, I think it's a pretty good contract. I don't know if their grade necessarily reflects that kind of what they wrote because their grade was a C plus. So okay. they didn't think it was a great earth shattering contract from a value standpoint. They didn't think it was a bad grade. In fact, a C plus is exactly what they gave the Cowboys as a grade for re-signing Michael Gallup to a five-year $57 million deal that also had $27 million in total guarantees, just $1 million less than Randy Gregory. But um, I'll spare you the details on what they wrote about Gallup because I think most of us feel pretty comfortable with that deal for Michael Gallup. Um, they did write he's one of nine receivers earning between 10 and $12.5 million and the only one to get a five-year deal. So – that is something that the Cowboys could use to their advantage if he outplays the first couple of years of his contract. Effectively, the way they structure the deal, they're trying to and expecting to get to year 2025. Speaking of Mr. Gallup, though, there is now a report out that he is not going to be ready to start the season, that he may what? not be ready to play until October due to his recovery from his injury. Hmm. And so this seems this is another thing that seems to happen with the Cowboys is that they kind of take risks on injured players. I call them Steven specials myself. Uh, and uh, that is know, a Steven them. special. I will yeah. help you trademark that. That is a Steven special. The injured player, yeah. especially one of their own. Boy, the Cowboys love that son of a bitch. Yeah, they they, they sure do. And, and now we've got uh, what we thought was at least a partially filled 
hole at wide receiver, or you know, at least the wide receiver core was partially fleshed out. Now we may not have that for the first month or so of the season. That's that leaves them with still with free agency started, and they've got at least three pretty glaring needs. Uh, they 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 need another defensive end, even if they move Michael Gallup. Uh, excuse me, if they Michael Parsons primarily to rushing the passer, they still need someone to go in and play defensive end so they can have him coming from unusual spots. And just because they need to be able to rotate somebody in there, um, they, they still need uh, a, 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 an, all, an off-ball linebacker to give them the ability to move Michael Parsons more to pass rusher. Because if he's up there rushing the passer, who do they have to fill in by? behind the, the defensive line and left guard is still staring at us. They've got Connor McGovern and I am not at all eager to see them go with him. Uh, you know, By the way on quickly on that note, the other Connor signed for two years and $12 million, Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. Would you have given that deal? Because I think I, I would have. have. I would yeah, have. I, I don't, I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people made him out to be. And uh, you know, uh, you know, now they've committed themselves to having to do something there. Uh, you know, unless God, Lord help us, if they think that McGovern is the answer, then I think we could have some, some rough going early on. Uh, you know, I don't know if they think that one of the. Uh, you know, depth guys might be able to step. I don't know what's going on there because that just has got me concerned. I think they need to do that. They they do, you know, we are expecting something to happen with Leo Collins in terms of a trade. I, I gather that the uh, New England Patriots are sniffing around him, uh, which, you know, when you trade with Bill Belichick, uh, you always just, you know, first need to get your lubricant bend over. But, uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't say that. No, I didn't. Hey, uh, I, I'm with you. Um, and yeah. I, ultimately, you know, the Patriots are a team that likes to make a lot of moves around draft time. Um, I'd be interested to know what their draft capital is for 2022, and wonder if that's what they would try to, you know, make a move with in regards to Lyle Collins. But yeah. if there was a player on their roster that you would be interested in, and I'm sorry because I'm proposing this to you not having given you any time to review their roster and see if there's a player that makes sense to you. But is there a name or anybody that sticks out to you where you would say, okay, you give me that guy. I'll take that. You can have Lyle Collins and we're pretty much square. Uh, wow. Uh, would Donta Hightower do it for you? Mm, might be worth thinking about. I'm just not, I'm not really sure. Uh... Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Again, sorry for proposing it on you, but we got into that portion of it. And I and I agree, um, Lyle's definitely not going to be here. So if you can trade him for something, uh, that's probably yeah. a conversation worth having. Yeah, and, and to be honest, uh, they do have a plan there, I believe, in Terrence Steele. So... You know, that's yeah. a so-so you know, plan, a plan that they yeah. fell back on last year and then went away from because they didn't think it was a good enough plan. But all of a sudden now it's a good enough plan in 2022. Well, not necessarily, because when Terrence Steele was uh, when when Lyle Collins came back and replaced Terrence Steele, Steele immediately had to go over and fill in for Tyron Smith. Then, you know, I think they, uh, you know, late in the season, they had some games where they had Tyron available again and they could have put Terrence back in. Uh, and they didn't, uh, which, you know, maybe that was a good move. Maybe it wasn't. But uh, I'm, I'm not – I having – from what Terrence still did when he was playing, the team was running better with him in there than it was with Lyle Collins. And so I don't think that's a, a necessarily a, a bad plan. It may not be the perfect plan, but it, at least it's one that I can kind of get my head around what the team is thinking. One of the issues with all of this is that we have no clue what the coaching staff thinks about all this. And we, we know that there's already a built-in tension with Mike McCarthy, who's basically been told, okay, this is your make or break year. And, oh, yeah look at us, we're going to diddle around in free agency and mess up a contract and just leave you kind of hanging out to dry with a cobbled together roster. And, you know, hopefully we'll hit out some good draft picks for you. Um, so I'm, I, I wish I knew that's one of the questions I'd love to ask is does the coaching staff get consulted on any of this stuff? Do they talk about, Hey, it'd be really great if you went after this player, we think he'd be a good grab. Or are, are, is Stephen Jones uh, so wrapped up in his own sense of infallibility that he doesn't want to listen to that? That's a, Quite possibly. Yeah. Now, I will say, uh, not to be a shill for the Cowboys, because we are far from that here on this podcast. But in general, I think the Joneses, Jerry and Stephen, have listened a lot more to outside influences than most people are willing to give them credit for. I don't think they're locked away in their rooms watching YouTube videos and making all of their decisions based on the information that they are receiving in their bubbles, right? I do think they consult people that they trust. But when it ultimately comes to signing the checks, pulling the trigger, whatever analogy you would like to use, that is where they have 
they have failed and continue to fail. And it's an aspect of frustration to the point that, you know, fans, us and media members, really. One of my favorite terms this week has kind of been gaslighting. People described Randy's Gregory's agent is gaslighting him to, you know, spur him towards the Denver Broncos. We've described media members following the Dallas Dallas Cowboys as gaslighting their explanation for why they didn't keep some of these free agents, trade some of these, you know, players in Amari Cooper or hell, even do what they did with Demarcus Lawrence, which for those that didn't see that, Demarcus Lawrence went on a podcast and basically explained that in contract negotiations with the Cowboys, he was offered a one-year $10 million deal as an extension by Stephen Jones. And he frankly said in response to that, just release me. We don't need to have any more conversations. Just release me. And as you stated earlier, it was Jerry Jones who came to the rescue to save the day and ultimately said, you know, give the man what he wants, make him a cowboy for life. And well, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was even as much giving what he wanted as Jerry Jones said, work something out we can both live with. Mm-hmm. And that that's, you know, they, it's not a wise thing to be constantly making your star players feel disrespected because remember they did this to Dak Prescott too. Yes. And the prolonged and unnecessarily attempt to get him at a bargain price, they just wound up driving it up because at some point, especially with a quarterback, you're going to have to pay the going market rate. There's no way around it. And the going market rate for a guy that you think is your franchise quarterback is more than the guy before him. And they just, you know, this, this is what really disturbed me a bit. Well, a lot disturbed me about this past few weeks, but that what really disturbed me about that is that you're getting that us versus them mentality going with your players. And, you know, it's, it's the players now kind of, there's a lot of reasons they're being given to feel like that the, the, the ownership isn't really on their side. And these players talk to one another. And when, you mess with one of them. The others kind of take that a little bit personally. And it feels like there's getting to be too much personal stuff getting drugged into this where players are reacting to what they see as a slight or an insult because of the ham-handed way that the negotiations are being carried out. And that just, for the long-term health of the team, that's, that's not good. And again, that's why, you know, Jerry Jones needs to see if he can go in and kind of, uh, you know, mend some fences with some of these people and say, look, here's, you know, we do care about you. We are going to try to take care of you and that stuff like that. Uh, and it's just, I'm just not seeing a lot of that. Well, we're getting to the part of the podcast, Tom, where I probably need to eat some crow. I need to eat <laughs> some of the words that I stated here on this pod. And that was basically a week ago stating that, hey, You can talk all your crap now about the Cowboys front office and how down you feel about where things are going. But hey, Tom, in a week's time, maybe less, you'll be right back on board with the rest of us. (laughs) It's fair, based in my conversations with you, to say that you are not sucked 
as Bill Parcells so eloquently put it so many years ago, you are not sucked by this team. And and I admit, I'm not sucked. My, my satisfaction has not been sucked. So I am still in the camp, I guess, of, of holding my stance as well, like you, not wanting to get drawn back into the hype. But as we have talked about, right, where the Cowboys don't make moves in week one of free agency, the moves will come. And they will come fast and furiously. In fact, I did a little study of my own. Thank you, Roy Research Department, right here at RW3. You can follow it on Twitter and get some uh, of your fill. I took a look back at the last 10 years for the Cowboys. And the signings that they made towards free agents who were not with the Dallas Cowboys the prior year. Because, of course, we know they have always put a priority and a premium on the players that are already within the building, but it's been a little bit more difficult for them to evaluate players outside of the building. And sure enough, when we look back over the last 10 years, only twice have the Cowboys committed more than six and a half million dollars per year on paper to a free agent who was not already with the team the prior year that took place with Brandon Carr, about $10 million a year, and Greg Hardy, who they signed for a one-year $11 million deal that was heavily incentive-based. The next highest-paid free agent, you have to go almost eight years ago to when defensive tackle Henry Melton signed a four-year $27.5 million deal with the Cowboys. Since then, they have not signed a free agent for more than $5 million per year of an average annual salary. And that was Randall Cobb, who they signed for one year, $5 million. Most Cowboys fans, I would forgive you if you forgot that Randall Cobb was ever even a Dallas Cowboy. What did now, wait a minute. You got on what I'm looking at your tweet. It says Everson Griffin got 6 million in 20. Oh, Is that thank correct? you. Everson Griffin, the other one that got six, yeah. but I said not more than six and a half, right? Yeah. Melton got six true. and a half. Griffin got six. So again, yeah, they got two guys who they've signed in the past 10 years who they signed a double digit annual salaries. That's Brandon Carr and Greg Hardy. The next highest paid player they signed in the past decade that didn't already play with the Cowboys was Henry Melton. And he was making it six and a half per year. And I will say furthermore, if you look at this list, None of them played up to the money that they were paid. Not at all. In fact, multiple parties, Nolan Carroll, got cut before the season even began, Tom. They were gone before stars were even handed out for helmets. Yeah. And it's, yeah, which to me just reinforces the whole idea is the Cowboys don't know how to do free agency. It's, just a fact of life right now. That's why while you think give us another couple of weeks and we're going to start feeling that excitement, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm really committed to not eating the cheese to refer back to a somewhat less salacious Bill Parcells quote. Uh, we're, you know, I just, I think I really have this fear that the Cowboys are kind of taking a mulligan on this season 
and pointing towards 2023 and big plans they seem to have, which I really hope, but I'm, I'm thinking we might see them with quite a bit of carryover cap this year because they don't use it to really improve the roster right now and go with that patched up roster and, and tell Mike McCarthy, okay, you either make something out of this or you're gone. And that, that, I don't want to see that. I hate to see a way. I didn't want to believe it, Tom. I didn't want to believe it. When you suggested it a couple weeks ago on the pod, I did not want to believe it. But right now, I'm having a tough time fighting off that feeling that the Cowboys are stripping the deck of the Titanic so that they can build themselves a whole new, better boat in 2023. Um, And the thing is, they can probably get away with it because – they are the favorite to win the NFC East and get into the playoffs. Oh, so they remain relevant, even though they're not truly a contender the way they we thought they were last season. They're still going to get the eyeballs. They're still going to draw ratings. Uh, people are still going to be anxious every day to see what are the Cowboys up to, and uh, you know they'll be they'll be all over all of the uh, the the radio talk shows that are out there just to generate controversy because the Cowboys are the great source of controversy uh, season in and season out. Hey, winning or losing. Um, hey, the fiery car wreck on the side of the road gets a lot more attention than the high-end luxury vehicle zooming past you, right? Mm-hmm. We all know the high-end luxury vehicle works a hell of a lot better than the car that's on fire on the side of the road. But what are we slowing down for? What are we all turning our heads to watch? It's the fiery car wreck. And that's what the Dallas Cowboys feel like right now. So with that all being said, right, we got our grinding axes out, right? We're ready to go after the Cowboys front office. But at the same time, we want to improve this team, damn it. We still want to make this thing a little bit better than it was a season ago. And now we have money to do that. So... Let's you and I take a look at the free agents that are still available and see if we can find any matches for the Dallas Cowboys. So I'll go down a list. According to Pro Football Focus, the top 100 remaining free agents that are available. Now, I've read through this list, believe it or not. And when you get down to around 55, you get to a point where you're talking about players who are no longer starting caliber players, right? But in the top 50s, You've got starters. For example, Cowboys own Leighton Vander Esch ranked the 30th best free agent available, according to Pro Football Focus. Another Cowboy, still unsigned, J. Ron Curse, ranked 34th amongst free agents that are still available. And in truth, in reality, these are players, at least one of those players, that I'd like to see the Cowboys re-sign. At the top of the list, though, I'll kind of start with where I think we, we, we should start by naming guys, of course, but also by saying, like, is this in the range of a signing that we think the Cowboys are willing to make? Because that's the sweet spot we're ultimately looking for. There's probably 10 to 15 guys on this list that, quite honestly, are going to be out of the Cowboys' price range. If Von Miller got $20 million a year on paper, and essentially $17 million a year in guaranteed because the first three years he'll make $51 million. That's kind of the baseline. 
and I don't expect the Cowboys to spend more than 10 or $12 million a year on any player in free agency. So the question is, can they add a Bobby Wagner for that type of money this offseason? Wagner coming off of a season in which he made $18 million for the Seattle Seahawks, but he is 32 years old on the back end of a career, obviously, is an outstanding all-world linebacker, probably on his way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What are the odds that the Cowboys wind up being in the Bobby Wagner sweet stakes? Well, we all want him to be a Cowboy, so I figure that the odds are slim to none. <laughs> I feel the same. That one I put at about 5%, um, almost to the point of how they treated Von Miller, right? So out of their price range, yeah. they didn't even bother to offer a contract, which, again, feels offensive. But from the standpoint of, hey, if you know a guy's going to want 20 and you're only going to offer 12, there's really no point in making that call, right? Yeah. And that's where I feel like the Cowboys wound up with Von Miller, even though felt like it would have been a perfect fit with him having a house right down the street from Frisco. Another name that has been floated with the Dallas Cowboys Jadavion Clowney and a name I mentioned earlier on this pod, a guy who coming off of a year had a decent season with Cleveland. Not great. The prior year he was on a one-year deal with the Tennessee Titans kind of coming back off of a leg injury. Wasn't great, but according to pro football focus, he is the fourth best free agent available in this class. Any chance the Cowboys are in on the Jadavion Clowney sweepstakes. I have no idea what kind of a price he would drive, he would he would demand. And I think we're still a little bit too high for that being realistic for them uh, because I just don't think they're going to spend on any one. I think if you'll allow me to, to make an observation about this little process. I will not. And, By the way, okay. Jadavion signed a one-year $8 million deal a year ago with Cleveland to kind of rehab his image. He's only 29 years old. Uh, he, if they could get him for something in that eight, nine million range, then that might be doable. Uh, but I'm still not expecting it. I'm, I'm, I think they might actually think there's a player in another position that we ought to really think about because he, he could be a Steven special as well. Okay. Give it to me. By the way, hold on. Before you do that, Jadavian Clowney, 15%. I do actually think there's a chance the Cowboys could grab him here because he fits that profile of coming off a little bit of a down reputation, although, quite honestly, they're a year late from that because he had a down-year reputation in after 2020 with the Tennessee Titans. He signed a one-year deal with Cleveland after pairing up with Miles Garrett. Um and he actually did have a, a pretty decent bounce back year a season ago. So he was solid, and it's reasonable to think that he could get a multi-year deal worth double digits in terms of tens of millions of dollars, I think. Okay. Here's our guy, I think, a little bit further down the list at a different position that might pique their interest, and that's – the just released Julio Jones coming off of injury. Definitely a, an outstanding receiver when he's healthy. I was afraid you'd say that. Uh, they could use a wide receiver. 
I that's a guy I would not be surprised to see them sniff around a bit. I think they'll sniff, um, but if they do their homework and their physical on him, I think they're going to find this is not the Julio Jones that we knew. Um, and I say that as a tertiary Tennessee Titans fan. And really that was my fandom before I started following the Cowboys and kind of reported on them. Um, still following the team. He was a shell of him, of his former self. Now, maybe that was because he was battling injuries all season long, but they traded for him when he was battling injuries with Atlanta. And I got to be honest with just what I've seen over the past couple of years, I think he might be done. Having said that, that is the perfect swoop for the Dallas Cowboys because he may only warrant a deal worth five or $6 million. And that sounds Mm -hmm. absurd for the name that we're talking about, but we're also talking about a guy who a team gave up on one year after trading a first round draft pick for him. So they obviously know a little bit more than the free agent world. And that is one to keep an eye on, but I agree. That's one that, Hey, could potentially help him. Um, while we're on the conversation of wide receiver, another one I think would be an interesting ad and, and a cheap one is a guy by the name of Will Fuller. Uh, consistent deep threat, you know, honestly, one of the best deep threats in the league when he's healthy, but he was given a big contract by the Houston Texans and really couldn't get out of the tub, as Stephen would say. So, he wound up getting cut by them. They released him, and now he's on the free agent market, probably looking for a bounce-back deal, and this is the perfect type of character that the Cowboys do target. You know, guys looking to make perhaps a reputation for themselves, get a one-year deal, and this is actually something that I think also plays in the Cowboys' favor. From a free agency standpoint, if you're a free agent and you're going to sign a deal for $4 million in Dallas – or in Cleveland, or in Dallas, or in Vegas, or in Dallas, or in Tennessee, or in Dallas, or in Indianapolis. Where are you going to sign? You're going to sign in Dallas because you got a much higher likelihood of having your name on the ticket ticker at the bottom of the ESPN scoreboard, right? Of having your highlight shown on television if you happen to produce. So where it sometimes kicks them in the teeth from a high-end free agency standpoint, I do think it helps them a little bit for guys who are maybe trying to re-up their profile a little bit. It gives them an opportunity to say to guys, hey, um, if you really want to raise your profile, right, you can kind of be mediocre in Dallas and still do that. Yeah, uh, I think some of that luster has gone off of the Cowboys because of the recent developments and the publicity about things that have been happening but there's still if you just look at where you're going you know if you want to if you just want to talk about quality of life in dallas versus indianapolis cleveland then yeah dallas is a cosmopolitan big uh big city area with lots of things to to that would be attractive to these you know young football players because everybody except for Tom Brady is basically still a young guy. And so that's one. I got another name that might 
really make sense uh, to fill that linebacker position if, uh, you know, uh, they they don't do what we all wish they would do. Hit me with uh, it because I got one, too, for you. I wonder, I wonder if it's the same one. Anthony Barr. It is the same. That's it. I mean, I, I, the write-up they have on him is that he is basically right near the leave average as a run defender. He's, he's not going to blow you away, but he's not going to fail you doing that. And he's best used when they're blitzing him, which imagine if you've got him and Micah Parsons on a passing down coming at the quarterback. Then with Demarcus Lawrence on the other side, that one might be someone to look at. Linebackers are not that expensive if they're considered an off-ball guy. And, um, you know, there's a history there. So wouldn't love it. hurt. I, I, huh? I love it. And, by the way, um, one of the guys that I suggested, hey, uh, you can go trade for him with new England, you don't even need to trade for him. Dante Hightower is a free agent. Um, granted he's 32 years old and he's coming off of a somewhat of a down year, only one and a half sacks last year. He only played five games for the new England Patriots, including the playoffs. So uh, maybe not one to get, you know, too, too excited about, but I kind of put him there with Anthony Barr in that this is a great veteran presence. Um, one that you can trust to play five, 600 snaps in a season. And really, you know, that linebacker position, especially since you have Micah Parsons locked in every single snap, you kind of only – you don't need a ton of depth at that position, do you? Just because yeah. I only plan yeah. on playing with two of them on the field anyway. Yeah, a high tower would be your uh, run-down linebacker when you're expecting the other team to be more likely to, to, to carry the ball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, those are – there's – there's still some people out there. It's I don't think we're going to see the real exciting, you know, get your pulse elevated signing the way that yeah. Bobby Wagner would be for so many people, or, or maybe even Jadavion Clowney. I stumbled there on that. But there are some players that would be, hey, that's a pretty good fit. And if they did some of that, it would at least make you think that they're at least trying to help Mike McCarthy out by giving him a, a, a somewhat more competent roster. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's a whole lot out there that could help him at guard right now. Uh, uh, you know, I see that uh, Andrew Norwell is one guy that they've got listed, uh, you know, but I just <sighs> – we just got to see, uh, like I said, they've got, I think they've got three major holes they need to plug. Uh, and if they get those filled, you know, uh, or actually maybe four major holes to get filled because it's, you know, you're really kind of looking at defensive end linebacker, uh, the left guard and get you another wide receiver in there. Are you good if, at safety right huh? now? Uh, I think that that depends on what they do with curse. I'm still hoping. I mean, I agree, right? But it dep- if you sign Curse, you're good. If you don't, you're not. And they have not signed him. Yeah. So, you know, that's a that's a conditional thing. They might want to look for safety. And let's face it, safeties, uh, you're not going to get a lot of real star safeties. Uh, there's, I don't think there's a whole lot 
out there at the moment. I would well, there's one, one big name, Tyron Matthew. That's the big one. The name, not necessarily the star talent at the position, but he is a big name. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, you know, the Cowboys could have had him probably. And, but they felt so he many times the, over their profile. And I'm not sure they're off of that yet. I would hope maybe Dan Quinn would, would stand up for him, but, uh, it would be interesting, you know, it would be interesting. That would make me think that the uh, safety room was taken care of if they didn't get cursed. So the last potential yeah. position I am kind of looking at just because, you know, I'm curious what they're going to do there. If they're going to go full youth movement or if they might bring in one of these 30 plus year old veterans and that's the cornerback position, um, mm-hmm. you know, JC Jackson, was arguably the best free agent cornerback available. He signed a deal pretty quickly with the Los Angeles Chargers, and I think a great one for them. But there's a lot of names out there that the Cowboys, at least Cowboys fans, would certainly be familiar with. Names like Stephon Gilmore, Joe Hayden, Kyle Fuller, Chris Harris Jr., Patrick Peterson, Janoris Jenkins, Jason Verrett, Xavier Rhodes. Now, granted, some of those names, all those names, 30 years or older. So keep that yeah. in mind as you temper your excitement. But I think Cowboys fans could be sucked a little bit if they could find a way to land one of those guys that I mentioned. Yeah. A lot that can be done. I don't know if the team's going to do it, <laughs> but uh, we will have to see. So, Well, damn it. If we operated in that, if we operated just in the avenue of what the team would do, Tom, well, then we wouldn't bother talking for the next week because in reality, they're not going to do anything until the dust settles. But it's fun to have the conversation, and we will continue to do so here on the Riled Up podcast. Of course, if you want to get riled up on the Cowboys, if you have thoughts that you want to share with us, hit us up on social media. At Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter sphere. I'm at RW3. Also, and we'd love to hear your thoughts, right? Who do you think they should sign? Who are you happy with? Who are you unhappy with? Who do you blame for the way that the Cowboys have handled this offseason? We'd love to hear from you on all those fronts. And, of course, you can interact with us at bloggingtheboys.com. Tom's got a great article going up on the website as this podcast launches, so you can check that out as well. Um, Tom, this was an eventful free agency recap. We went almost a full hour today with really – no considerable Cowboys content to uh, to go off of, at least no major signings. But we will be in our stance waiting as the Cowboys hopefully make their first big free agency splash here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, let's hope it happens before the next time we record. Hey, brother. See you then. Hey, for Tom, I'm Roy. Stay riled up on the Cowboys. We will see you next Thursday. Thursday.